you guys can have a seat tonight. Mr. Jordan Levitt, if you'll please come.
God redeemed. Miss Betty Wales. Lord, I'm glad you didn't let me look ahead To see the trials I would have to face I would have lived my life caught up in fear and dread And missed a lot of joy along the On this journey I have had my share of tears Lonely days when it was hard to understand But you'd whisper to me gently, child, I'm here And I knew that you were holding to my Every step that I have taken, every valley I've walked through, I have seen that your grace cannot be shaken. Every step brought me closer, Lord. To you, every step brought me closer, Lord, to you. I have known a peace that I cannot explain when everything around me fell apart. For your promises brought hope within my pain That you would heal the wounds inside my heart When my feet could not go on another mile And the road had left me tired and oh so weak I would hear you whisper, child, come rest a while. Then you'd hold me close and weep along with me. Every step that I've taken, every valley I've walked, I have seen that your grace cannot be shaken. Every step brought me closer, Lord, to you. Every step that I have taken, every valley I've walked, 
I have seen that your grace cannot be shaken. Every step brought me closer, Lord, to you. Every step brought me closer to Isn't God's grace amazing? Because of God's grace, we're redeemed. Because of God's grace, He leads us through the hard times, takes us through the valley, and brings us out on the other side. You stand with me tonight as we sing, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I once was lost, but now am found Was blind, but now I see was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be. As long as life endures, my chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love. Amazing grace, my chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. 
the sun forbear to shine but god who called me here below will be forever mine will be forever mine you are forever mine you bow with me father we thank you so much for the amazing grace that you show to each and every one of us that we can be redeemed through the blood of jesus christ we thank you for that sacrifice Father, we thank you for showing us grace through the times that we fail, through the times when we struggle, and the times when we go into the valleys and, and we need some help to get out and come out on the other side. We thank you for your amazing grace. Father, we ask a special blessing upon Brother Denby tonight as he stands before us and speaks your holy word. Use him tonight. Touch our hearts and change our lives. Father, we thank you for your son. And his precious gift of life to us. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Where would we be tonight without the grace of God? Unmerited favor and someone has... Describe grace as being great riches at Christ's expense. We're saved tonight by the grace of God, and we'll make it through all of life's difficulties by His wonderful grace. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn with me to the Gospel of St. Luke, the 13th chapter in verse number 10. The Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter... The tenth verse, if you're glad to be in the house of God, say amen. amen. It's good to have my preacher brethren here tonight. Uh, good to see Brother Willie Thornhill again. It's always a blessing to be in a service with where he is at. In the Gospel of St. Luke, the thirteenth chapter, beginning with the tenth verse, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, He called her to Him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And He laid His hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work, in them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall 
and lead him away to water him. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. And I want to call your attention tonight to verse 13, and we'll use this for the foundation of our our message tonight. Verse number 13, And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I want to preach tonight for a few minutes on the subject, Jesus, the life-changing Savior. Jesus, the life-changing Savior. He is a Savior who will change anybody's life, who will come to Him in repentance and faith, believing that He is the Son of God. And there is not a soul tonight who is beyond the grace and the mercy of our God. It doesn't matter how dark that sin might be. It doesn't matter how how great that bondage might be in a person's life. Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to loose the bonds of Satan. And when He died on Calvary's cross, shed His precious blood, Satan was defeated... And I can stand here tonight and tell you with great joy in my heart that Jesus can save all tonight. He can save to the uttermost every person that will come to God by Him. He is a life-changing Savior. I I want us to consider this great passage from the Gospel of Luke tonight. Look at verse 10. It says, and he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. It was our Lord's custom on the Sabbath day to be in the synagogue, to be there to worship and to read the Word of God. And many of the rulers of the synagogue would invite our Lord to to read the Scripture and uh, to preach or teach things pertaining to the Word of God. And in the beginning of the ministry of Christ, almost every synagogue would welcome Him. But by the time that He reached the end of His ministry, very few synagogues would allow Him to come in and preach the Word of God because every time He went to one of them on the Sabbath day, He healed somebody of their infirmity. And the Pharisees and the scribes, they looked upon the healing ministry of Christ as being work. And one is not to work on the Sabbath day. But Jesus came to set the captive free. He came to break the bondages of sin. He came to save to the uttermost. And so He's in the synagogue and He's teaching the Word of God that day. And the Bible says, 
in the 11th verse that, Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years bowed together, could in no wise lift up herself. I want you to consider tonight the awful condition of this woman because she portrays lost humanity. She is a picture of the unredeemed. She is a picture of the sinner without Christ. The Bible says she had a spirit of infirmity. And she was bowed together. It was an overture of the spine. And even though it was a physical ailment, the source of that condition she had was a spirit of infirmity. Even Jesus said the woman was bound by Satan 18 long years. I want you to look at that woman tonight. I've got to say it again because she is a picture of that person who is bound by sin, who does not know Jesus Christ as personal Savior. Eighteen long years. Bowed together. She could not in no wise lift up herself, indicating that so often she would try to straighten up, but she could not do that. Every day was a struggle. Her routine life was a struggle getting up in the morning, preparing a meal for her household. Ladies, cleaning the house, doing work around the house was a struggle for her. Going to the marketplace was a struggle for her. But note this, even though her life was a shambles, even though her condition was awful, on the Sabbath day, She was in the house of God. She was in the synagogue on the Lord's day. As I was studying this this morning, I wondered, had that been me, would I have been in the house of God? Now let me tell you something. If you get a hunger in your heart for God, nothing can keep you from feeling after God. And I don't care who that soul is tonight. I don't care how bound that soul might be. I don't care if it's bound by a false religion. If if that person really wants to know Jesus Christ, that person can know Jesus Christ as personal Savior because that's why He came into the world. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And there she is in the Lord's house. Well, let me just tell you tonight, there's no better place to get a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ than in the house of God. My Lord, my mind goes back right now as a 17-year-old boy under conviction of the Holy Spirit after hearing the Gospel. I couldn't wait to get back Sunday night. And when they gave that invitation, I came down that aisle. Oh, happy day when Jesus changed my life. He's a life-changing Savior. The woman's condition was awful, but she was in the presence of a life-changing Savior. And the good news of the Gospel is that that Jesus Christ today can save and transform just like He did in Bible days. I serve the same Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I serve the, 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 the Jesus that 
that, that Luke is preaching about here. I serve the Jesus that Paul the Apostle preached. I serve the Jesus who died on Calvary and was buried and was raised again. I serve a Jesus tonight that can break the bondage of sin and save a soul and write that name in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus was the only hope this woman had. Let me just let me tell you something. The Bible says in the in the book of Romans, listen to this. In the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, beginning with the sixth verse, it says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the lost. He died for the sinner. He died for that soul that cannot lift him or herself up. You can't save yourself. But thank God, Jesus is a Savior. Oh Lord, my God. We, we live in a world tonight that's, that's fallen for everything but the true Gospel of Jesus Christ. I tell you, if we're going to see sinners saved, we've got to preach the Jesus of the Bible. We've got to stand up and tell that old, old story of Christ and Him crucified and the blood that stained that old rugged cross. Christ died for sinners is the foundation of our Christian faith. Oh, I didn't intend to preach this, but I've got to preach it tonight, Brother Michael. So many of our churches today are doing away with those blood songs in the Bible. So many of them today are doing away with any songs that talk about the grace of God. And some preachers tonight are no longer preaching against sin. And there's never a mention of the cross of Calvary. It's a feel-good sermon. Those people will feel good all the way to hell because they got to hear the Gospel. They gotta hear the gospel. Because Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also the Greek. Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. He was lifted up on Calvary, but we gotta lift him up in the pulpit. We've got to lift Him up in the choir. We've got to lift Him up that sinners might know that Jesus is a life-changing Savior. A life-changing Savior. The Bible says, and notice this, and really these are the points of my sermon. Number one, when Jesus saw her, he saw her there in her condition. He saw her where she was at in the synagogue. You say, preacher, what are you getting at tonight? He sees you. He sees me. Thank God He saw me. He sees you tonight. He sees you in your lost condition. He sees you 
in unbelief. He sees you tonight as a sinner that needs a Savior. He sees you tonight. He knows where you're at. And listen tonight, there is no better time to know the Savior than right now because now is the accepted time and today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. He saw her. He saw her. Aren't you glad Jesus saw you? He saw you. Second, the Bible says, and He called her to Him. He's a calling Savior. He called her to Him. As a matter of fact, the first picture we have of the transforming love and grace of God is in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve fell. God came walking in the cool of the day and He was calling Adam. And He's still calling fallen sinners tonight. He called her and He's calling you tonight. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, He's calling you to salvation. He's calling you to be saved. On one occasion, Jesus was coming to the city of Jericho. And there was a little tax collector in that city by the name of Zacchaeus. We all know the the little song Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. But he couldn't see Him because of the crowd being little of stature. And so he said, I'll run and I'll climb up that sycamore tree. And I'll see Jesus when He passes by. A grown man climbing up a tree to see Jesus. He said that I might see Him for myself. He'd heard about Him, but now He wanted to see Him. He climbs up in that tree. But to His great surprise, when Jesus came to the place, He looked up and He said, Zacchaeus, come down, make haste, for today I must abide in your house. He is a calling Savior. He's calling the sinner tonight to repentance. He's calling that sinner out of darkness into His marvelous light. He's calling that sinner from the wages of sin to the gift of eternal life who is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. He called her. I wonder what that little woman felt in her heart when she heard the Master call her. And as hard as it was for her, she, in her bowed condition, came to the Savior. Listen tonight, it doesn't matter your condition, you can come to the Savior. You can come to the Savior. And He spoke to her and He said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And listen to this very carefully. And we who are saved, we hear this all the time, but listen carefully. Only Jesus Christ can set that sinner free. Only Jesus Christ can set the soul free. There's not but one way to to heaven. There's not but one way to God. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Me. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And then He did this, which was our our foundation text in in this sermon. Verse 13, And He laid His hands on her 
And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Jesus just, He said, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. He reached out and He touched her. And immediately, her body which was bowed together, she can now lift herself up. But it's not her strength. It's the hand of the Savior. Oh, one touch from the Master's hand tonight can set that soul free from the wages of sin, from the condemnation and the power of sin. He just reached and touched her. And immediately, she didn't get just a little bit today, and He didn't say, well, come back tomorrow and i give you the rest of it. She got it all right then. When you get saved, you get it all right there. Hey, I got news for you. They can declare anybody they want to a saint. But the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, God declared you a saint. You are saved tonight because of what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. Lord, I feel, y'all just pardon me if I get a little happy here. I'm saved and I'm glad I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm glad I'm redeemed. My name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. I'm saved. Oh, listen, the night I got saved, it went from the top of my head all the way to my feet. And let me tell you something, I'm still trying to run this race for Jesus tonight because you get all of God's salvation. It's a free gift, for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Boy, that little woman felt good when she got saved. I think sometimes we Baptists forget just how good it feels to be saved. That little woman went to glorifying God. Oh, it made some religious people angry, didn't it? But she began to glorify God. She began to give God the praise and the glory. Listen, my mama led me to Jesus. And she led me into a happy salvation. Not that old long-faced kind. Some of y'all get that after a while. Lord, we ought to act like we're saved sometime. How many people ought to be able to see it in our life? That, 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 that the woman got saved. I remember when my aunt got saved. She was in her late seventies. And she was on, had a walking cane. And she sat back toward the back. She thought she had been saved years and years ago, joined the church and all that kind of stuff. But I remember the night she got saved. I was the pastor of our home church. And my aunt Ruby was sitting near the back and we gave that invitation. She stepped out. She just throwed that cane down, and she came down that aisle. I don't know when. I don't know the exact moment she got saved, but somewhere between that pew and that front altar, she was giving God praise and glory. Let me tell you something. If you know Jesus tonight, it's blessed assurance. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the world don't understand it. But we who are saved, we know what Jesus did for us. She glorified God. One of them old hypocrites. Now that's what the Lord called them. <laughs> That's what he called him, hypocrite. He said, 
Ain't that, does not each one of you on the Sabbath? You loose your ass or you, from the stall or ox, lead him to water him. Because you see, the reason he said that was because the ruler of the synagogue, and I want you to get this, read this, this is real interesting. He didn't have the courage to say it to Jesus. So the poor fellow took it out on the congregation. Read it. That's what it says. Listen. It says, And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. He got mad because the woman got changed. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people. Now this, this is somewhat humorous to me. He said, there are six days in which men ought to work in them. Therefore, come and be healed. Not on the Sabbath day. Well, if they'd have come on Sabbath day was on a Saturday. If they'd have come Sunday. If they'd have come Monday. If they'd have come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. That man couldn't heal nobody. He said, let them come on any other day but the Sabbath day. You see, that's the way religion without Christ is. It's full of legalism. It's full of men's traditions and dead men's bones. But that, that poor ruler of the synagogue, he couldn't heal nobody. And he was more concerned about his synagogue tradition than he was that woman getting her life changed by the power of God. I remember several years ago we had a something the Lord laid it on our hearts to do. We had a Saturday night worship service. It wasn't a revival. It was just a Saturday night worship service. And had a dear saint to come up and say, well, can you scripturally do that? I said, what are you talking about? Well, it's not a Sunday. I just looked at her and graciously said, you better read the book of Acts. They didn't just preach on Sunday. They preached every day of the week. They preached every day of the week. Christianity is not a Sunday thing. It's every day of the week. When you leave this place, you take Jesus out in your community and let others see Christ in you. Listen, I would to God that every Sunday, every Lord's Day, I'd see somebody say, in the house of God. But that Jewish ruler was indignant. I, I learned this from that. You need to get glad in the house of God, you can get mad in the house of God. <laughs> you say, preacher, nobody ever gets mad in church. Well, you ain't been where I've been. <laughs> you ain't been where I've been. Oh, I don't mean to be unkind, but I'm here to tell you tonight, if all you've got is your rules and regulations and you don't have Jesus, you don't have Bible salvation. I may have shared this last year, but I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to share it again. And I'll go again this August. There's a little church 
about an hour and a half drive from where I live, and it's just a, it, it, it's the people there as far as physical things, material. They're very poor people, but they're rich in the love of God, and they're rich in the Savior. And it's one of those churches that the people they get in that church is. From all appearance, it seems there are people that don't fit in in other churches. Whether that's good or bad, I'll just leave that alone. But there was a woman that came one night. And you could tell that she her, she had abused her body with drugs and alcohol. And, and I could tell as I was preaching that night that she was under heavy conviction of the Holy Spirit. And just as soon as they started singing that, invitation here she came and she just came right by me and knelt at the altar and I knelt down beside her and I said dear lady can I help you with anything she said I don't know how to be saved but my life is ruined and wrecked and I saw that sign out there and on that sign it says revival whosoever will may come and she said, I didn't even plan. I just turned it around and I come here. Something got a hold to me. If God can save somebody like me, I want to be saved. And I said, lady, you've come to the right place. And she gave her heart to Jesus Christ. I think that was the last night of the revival. I went back another time and asked the pastor, I said, is is she in the congregation? He said, just look around. I said, I don't see her. He said, she's there. You see, drugs will, especially that meth, will cause you to lose a lot of weight. Your teeth will rot out. And finally spotted her. She had gained weight. Her life was clean. She was no longer on drugs. She had given her heart to Jesus. And Jesus changed her life. And she's serving God today. I'm going to tell you, He's never turned anybody away. He's never turned one soul away. He said, all those that come unto Me, I will in no wise cast them out. There's not a sinner too great. You see, where sin abounds, the grace of God so much more abounds. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, that He is able to save them to the uttermost. All that come unto God by Him. And just like He changed this little woman's life, He can do it for that sinner tonight that does not know God. He can do for any sinner that will come to Him. And i got news for you. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there's none good, no, not one. And you can't lift yourself up no more than the Ethiopian, the Bible says, that can change the color of his skin. No, you can't, I mean, the leopard can't change his spots. You can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You can't do good enough. You need a Savior. And that's why Jesus came and died on that cruel cross of Calvary that His blood will cleanse you. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, Ephesians, the first chapter, the seventh verse, it says, "...in whom Christ 
We have redemption. The young people sing that tonight in their special. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of His grace. He's a willing Savior. If you'll trust Him tonight, if you'll call upon Him from a heart of faith, if you'll trust Him tonight, Receive Him into your heart. He'll save you. I don't care what sin you've got in your life. Spirit, you're just like that little woman. And you need the Savior. I pray that you'll trust Him tonight. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray and the pastor's going to come. Our Heavenly Father, as we come to the close of this service tonight. We thank You for Your wonderful grace and mercy. Lord, we thank You that You died on Calvary's cross and You shed precious blood, redeeming blood, that cleanses from all sin and all unrighteousness. And should there be one here tonight, Heavenly Father, that is in unbelief, lost in the darkness of sin, I pray that You would convict that heart and that soul and that person would not leave here the same, but would be changed by the life-changing Savior in this very night, in this very place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sir. Sure.